and uh, Mark Willoughby will be uh, helping me to read a couple of scriptures. So if you have the scripture, you can open Gospel of John chapter 18, verse 32 to 38. Then from there, we will move to Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 till 32. Um, then step by step, we will go. So here, Mark. Okay, so John chapter 18, verse 32 to 38. This happened so that the words Jesus had spoken, indicating the kind of death he was going to die, would be fulfilled. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea? Jesus asked. Or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it that you have done? Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, You are right in saying I am a king. In fact, for this reason I was born, and for this I came to this world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? Pilate asked. With this, he went out again to the Jews and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. And Matthew thirteen twenty four to 32. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed ears, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? Any enemy, an enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered. Because while you are pulling the weeds, you may root up the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned, and then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all your seeds... Yet it grows. It is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and perch in its branches. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you for this morning. Thank you for enabling us to worship. Here we are, God. To hear from you, God, through your word. Open our eyes. Open our ears. And you demonstrate your glory and your kingdom, God. Lord Jesus, would you please come and do your mighty work for your kingdom, God. Thank you for bringing us safe. And we pray for your supernatural presence and healing and setting the captives free and deliverance and miracles and wonders. And above all, knowing that we are your children we are loved by you, God. Thank you, Jesus, God. Thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, the kingdom of God is the morning subject. And uh, our understanding about the kingdom can vary from place to place, culture to culture, uh, what kind of background we came from. Especially uh, this country is known as United Kingdom, uh, but Sometimes we don't have, many people, we don't have kind of, yeah, kingdom is not kind of a, a good or bad, or I don't know which area we are standing. Especially when the royal baby came out, you know, some people were, yeah, it's a boy. Some people say, boo, we don't support that kind of things, you know. So you can see that one, two kinds of aspect towards the kingdom. But uh, I born and bought uh, brought up in India, so Rajas is a part of the culture, but I've never been under 
<laughs> the ruling of a Raja. That's again different I heard. We lived in uh, a country called Cambodia. It's known as Kingdom of Cambodia. Again, the democratic government is there, the military kind of things there. I never met or uh, experienced the kingdom rule there. Some of the Middle Eastern countries, uh, Kuwait or Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, Kingdom of Bahrain, still you can see some implications there, uh, how they rule. Especially in Saudi Arabia, you can see the king is the head of that state, and whatever he says, it will be done, that kind of things. So sometimes we can have a vague understanding about the kingdom. So when I'm talking about the kingdom of God, so uh, we might be understanding on the basis of the understanding we already had or we are having, uh, it can mix up. So um, we are looking through uh, about the kingdom through the scripture and we are trying to make, create a picture actually that really means. The kingdom uh, 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 of God is a, a very, uh, very major subject in the New Testament. Old Testament, you can't see the word kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God. But when you read uh, uh, the Genesis or Exodus, Deuteronomy, you can see the reign and rule of a God who sovereignly rules and reigns over all circumstances. The king reigns, and especially in Psalms, you can see uh, uh, there is a king who reigns, but never mentioned the kingdom of God. But everywhere, in every chapter, or in all books, you can see the sovereign rule and reign of a king, even though there is no mentioning kingdom of God. Then we can see, when step by step, when we are coming forward, uh, uh, we can see it's uh, God wants to reveal something beyond their understanding, especially when people ask, we need a king. Um, but actually, God wants to be their king, but people ask, we need a king. We need some sort of leader. So that's the time God anointed Saul as their leader, uh, as the king. And from that moment, you can see the kingdom, king's rule, king's reign, uh, step by step. Old Testament, but always pointing to the king, that is King Jesus. So many times we can see in Isaiah, he uh, referred as the Prince of Peace. In Again in Isaiah some, uh, in 32.1, Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness. So they never experienced that kind of perfect rule, but it's always this scripture pointing towards someone to come. Someone is coming. So people had an expectation Something is going to change. Some sort of uh, uh, dramatic things, it's going to happen. And that thing, situations are going to change because of their uh, slavery, uh, the, uh, the relationship with some other countries. They were under the rule of some countries. They felt there will be a king. He will establish kings and everything will be fine. And we can win. We can rule. We, can, we will be perfect. They were looking for a king who perfectly uh, amazingly rule and reign over all circumstances. But unfortunately, Saul was not, not like that. David was not like that. You know, just he was, uh, he sinned against God and uh, he went through messy situation. In the midst of that, God used them for his glory. But again, he was moving forward step by step using prophets uh, and different people to uh, communicate there is a king, he is coming. Behold, a king shall reign in righteousness. In Ezekiel 23.5, you don't need to go through all the scripture, just, you know, uh, um, just listen, or even you can read if it is showing there. Ezekiel 23.5 says, Behold, the days come with Yahweh, what I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as a king, and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. So people were always comparing this prophecy to a specific person. They thought, is it King David? No, it's not King David. Was that uh, Saul? No, it's not that. So people were looking and comparing different people that came to history is that person? Is that person? So that is the way Jewish people born and brought up and raised. There will be a time you will be completely under the rule of a perfect king. 
In Daniel 7.14, you can see, that's an amazing scripture. Unto him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all people, nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, one that shall not be destroyed. Kingdom of David was destroyed. Kingdom of Saul was destroyed. Kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar was gone. It is part of the history. But here, kingdom forever. Everlasting kingdom. Kingdom that reigns and rules forever. So people were looking. Where is that coming? When is that coming? So they were longing and longing and longing. People waited. Some people died. They gone to, uh, they, 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 they didn't fulfill that expectation. In Samuel chapter 7, 2 Samuel chapter 7, 20, 12 to 13, 2 Samuel chapter 7, 12 to 13. When your days are fulfilled and you die down with your fathers, I will raise up offspring after you who shall come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Was God talking about King Solomon? No way. The history says his kingdom was not perfect. Even though he built the house of God or, or, or the temple of God, the kind of kingdom he was ruling is not a Amazing, fantastic one. It was actually one of the worst in the history because of his life. God, the, the, uh, the temple was beautiful. Everything was amazing. But inside the temple, there's an Ark of Covenant, you know. So there is there. Then people were looking at that one. Okay, uh, God wants to do something. But again, God was pointing. This is the ark. This is the ark of covenant. Through that, it's not about the box. This is not about Dan preach uh, a couple of weeks back. It's not about the building. It's not about the nine, nine, like a, a cubicle kind of things beyond that. But people many times fail to understand what was God trying to communicate. They try to put things in a material way. Oh, it might be this one. This might be this one. They were looking for evidences and they concluded that this is it. But many times history proved, no, this is not the one. This is not the one. Because it was not everlasting. It was not perfect. It was not holy. It was not pure. There was, there were lots of unrighteousness. There are lots of injustice. There's lots of many bad things going. But this kingdom is pure completely established and it is everlasting and it reigns forever. Shall we say it together? Forever. Wakey, wakey. Okay. <laughs> forever. So we are talking about the kingdom of God uh, forever. No, you are awake. You are wide awake. I know. I'm just um, saying. So you can see shadow. Then God was trying to communicate something to the people Something is coming. God was using different illustration to pointing towards the king, Jesus. Amen. In Genesis, you can see the seed of the woman. God was pointing that, okay, someone coming, he will crush the head of Satan. He will reign and rule. So it's a picture in the Old Testament. You can see that. In Deuteronomy, maybe I'll use as an illustration. Then, then you, will, you will understand. Maybe I'll ask uh, who is the best person to represent Jesus uh, in this church. Uh, maybe I'll go for ENS then. You know, it's quite huge and well built. <laughs> okay. So... Okay, what's the best place maybe? Oh, if you stand there or if you stand there. Okay, oh, give it. You can stand there. Let me start from Old Testament. It will take time, you know. <laughs> so in Genesis, uh, uh, people will see the seed of the woman. Okay, where is the seed of the woman? They were looking for someone. Nothing happened. So then moving forward, in Exodus, the Passover lamb. So it's representing or pointing towards 
Christ's sacrifice, but they never experienced that then and there. But God is pointing someone, the Redeemer, is coming. In Leviticus, it says, the high priest is the one connecting you with God. But nothing happened. Even the high priests were not that brilliant, but they did some things, but they were never perfect. So I'm not going through all the verse. I will skip in between, you know. So in Deuteronomy, Moses is there, and uh, he's the deliverer. He divided the Red Sea by the power of God, and uh, he's setting the captives free. Is he the answer? No, he died, he's gone. Then, then you can see the kings were there, the queens were The David, the anointed one, pictures Jesus. Jesus described being the son of God. Okay, son of God. So is it David? Is it someone coming from uh, David? Is it Solomon? No, it's never happened. So the kings, the Ezra, described Jesus as the Lord of our fathers. So is it the father of uh, uh, Abraham, father of Isaac, father of Jacob, and something coming after that one? They didn't get the, they didn't get the point. You know, they were a bit confused. But at the same time, they were looking forward to meet this person, the king. Esther's pictures Jesus Christ as interceding for his people is a great interceder. But always each book was point to a king, point to a person, Jesus, but never met them. Isaiah details his glorious birth and say, and he is the righteous king. They never met him, but they were heard. Jeremiah reveals that he will be acquainted with the sorrow, but God, they, they, they didn't see him. Job, Amos, Obedeah, in, in, in Zechariah and Malachi, the, the son of righteousness, they are here, and they are here, they are here, they are here. Here's the man now. Some people are excited. The wise people... Uh, the wise men bought gold, moor, and what's the third one? It's a fragrance or something. Sorry. Uh, uh, okay, fragrance. Anyway, you know that one. Okay. They, uh, they bought together because they're supposed to give for, for the king. You know, they gave everything, but uh, is he the real king? <laughs> the expectation were different, you know. A, a huge or kind of royal uh, a person who reigns and rules here comes the king. Oh dear. This is not what we were expecting, you know. We were expecting a glorious appearance. We were expecting someone with muscles. He, he got, got a muscles, I mean. I'm not, so don't compare with Ian, you know. He's, yeah. A, a, a warrior, you know. He, you know, just born in a royal family, reigned in a royal family, taught by the royal family, in the royal line, and it's easy for him to reign. But he's a baby, he is in a, you know, in a, in a, among the cattle, in a, in a very smelly situation. Son of God. Oh, okay. Anyway, some people worshipped him, some people were not happy at all. I'm happy about you. I'm talking about... Uh, thank you. So they were expecting someone spectacular. But that never happened. They were expecting a king who is a deliverer. Maybe something like this. You know, who destroy everything. Who controls everything. A boxer. The savior. But here's a helpless babe. You can't compare Jesus with this victorious Jesus. Like, you know, it's very different. The expectation was crunched or spoiled in many sense. But that didn't change the plan of God. Maybe you can switch off that. So you can see, step by step, some people accepted and followed him. Some people were deeply disappointed. Then John the Baptist, in Matthew chapter three, uh, Matthew chapter three, verse two says, "Repent! The kingdom of heaven is at hand." 
old, kingdom of God is near. So he's just revealing and says, repent for the kingdom of God is near. So prophetically, God revealed to John the Baptist a king coming. So he never met him. He never heard about him. But he believed in the promises of God because of he was a prophet of God. He believed in the promises of God. Without any doubt, he proclaimed, repent, the kingdom of God is near. In Matthew chapter 4, 7, Jesus began to preach and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. What does it really mean by kingdom of God? So that means if you're talking about a kingdom of God, it's mainly talking about the king. You cannot imagine a kingdom without a king. The sender is not the kingdom of that Saudi Arabia. The, the sender is the king. Without that king, there is no kingdom. So when John the Baptist inviting people to something special, actually he was not pointing about the structure or the shape, he was pointing to a person, the king, Jesus. Sometimes we can miss this one, you know, being a Christian, is it about healing? Is it about supernatural? Is it about miracles? Is it about justice? Is it about doing something good things? Actually, it's not about that. It's all about God, all about Jesus. He's the sender. He's the one who deserves worship. He's the author. He's the creator. He's the alpha. He's the, uh, he's the image of God. And he's everything. Kingdom of God without Jesus, it won't exist. You cannot be part of the kingdom of God without having Jesus as your king. So that's the center. Jesus, Matthew 4, 23. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, Matthew 4, 23, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. In that scripture, listen very carefully. And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. So who is the sender in that scripture? Jesus. It's not the healing. It's not the synagogue. It's not the miracles. It's not the wonders. Actually, the high priest never did that one. The Pharisees never did that one. The Sadducees, they are always look sad. The Pharisees, they are always far. But here Jesus, when he says something, he demonstrated it. He was different because he was and he is the king of God, king of kings. So he was walking around and pointing, I'm healing, healing not the bigger thing. Jesus, he's the center. He's setting the captives free. Don't be excited about the deliverance. Turns to God. There are some injustice there. Don't say, oh, I'm free. No. Turn to the perfect, just. Follow him. Job Arka was brought in a scripture this morning about the person caught in adultery. Okay, did anyone condemn you? Did anyone accuse you? Did anyone throw a stone? He said, no. Okay, I'm not going to accuse you, but no more sin. If you want to do that one, you need to follow sinless, holy, pure king. When you're being part of the kingdom, you will be strengthened by the king. You will be guided by the king. You will be anointed by the king. With your own strength, it is impossible. But with God's presence, with God's word, and God's anointing, God's guidance, you can be victorious. You can overcome the sin. So that is why he brought us from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. It's not, one day I thought, okay, kingdom of darkness is a bit dodgy. Okay, uh, let me go and explore king. No. He set me free. He completely 
rescued me and placed me in a great place. Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there, there is the kingdom of God. Matthew 9.35. Don't try to go through all the scriptures. I'm going to uh, read through that one. And Jesus went throughout the all cities and villages, teaching in synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing everyone and every affliction. The same scripture repeat exactly in, in, in the same way we read before. Matthew 10 said it, he proclaiming as he go. Then, then he is saying, he, Jesus himself proclaiming the kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God. Then he's adding some people. Okay, come on guys. Matthew, do you like to follow me? Okay, uh, uh, Luke, do you like to follow me? Hey, uh, James, do you like to follow me? Follow me. He just added them and asked them, now you go and proclaim about the kingdom of God. You can see in the Old Testament, God was using about the king, about the king, about the king is coming. Here's the king. The king, John the Baptist again, invited him to that specific godly timing in the history. Then king himself proclaiming about the kingdom of God. And after that, he's anointing, asking other people, especially the disciples, you go and say the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus did that everywhere. That means the kingdom of God has been inaugurated, but it has not yet been consummated. It's by Joe uh, Terry. He, uh, that's one of the quotes from Terry Virgo in his uh, book, Spiritual Church. The kingdom of God has been inaugurated, but it has not been consummated. Luke chapter 4 bit different perspective. Jesus was using the prophecies from the, the book of Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because God anointed me. We can see that in Luke chapter 4 verse 18 till 19. To proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and Recovering of the sight to the blind to set the liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the ear of the Lord's favor. There are lots and lots of good things, deliverance, but Jesus is the sender. Without him, it is impossible to think about all these things. Acts 10.38, if you can learn by heart, it's a wonderful scripture. Acts 10.38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. And for God was with him. Can we say it together? God was with him. No, this is not the one. God was with him. With Jesus. Because of that, he did all kind of miracles, all kind of wonders. Anointing to set the captives free. So when we are talking about the kingdom of God, it's not like a British passport. It's not like being part of a kingdom kind of thing. It's it's a very different perspective. You are influenced. You are shaped. You are molded for a godly purpose. For a heavenly purpose. An eternal purpose. And we are not looking for just for that day. Even now, God is using us. Luke 17 God is, uh, 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 Jesus is revealing a different perspective of the kingdom of God. That's the one we read in Luke 17 verse 20 to 21. Being asked by Pharisees when the kingdom of would come. That's one, that's one they want to know. When is that going to happen? Okay, Jesus, you are doing great miracles. You are doing great wonders. You are doing this one, that one, and you are, uh, you know, just, Tempting us, you are, you know, making us more exciting, you know, just like we are looking for, when is that going to come? We want to see it. That's the question. The kingdom of God, well, when, when is that going to be? Is it this year or next year? They want to know exactly. Then 
Jesus gave a very disappointing answer. It's not that exciting. Kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed. Nor will they say, look, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Some NIV translated that kingdom of God is within you. KJV or NKGV translated uh, uh, kingdom of God within you. I, I, I think Jesus was talking to Pharisees. They, they never believed Jesus. So kingdom of God was within them. Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God in the midst of you. Are you looking for a king? Here is the king. Where? Here is the king. Oh. Okay. That point, they were utterly disappointed. Here is the king. So they were more looking into the physical aspect. When you read further, you know, so the kingdom of God is not coming with the sign to be observed. It's not like a, you are going to see like a specific time and it came with a significant prophetic uh, uh, assurance and uh, confirmation. Here's the king. How can I know that king? Things are happening. Things never happen. It's happening. People are getting saved. People are receiving healing. That people are being raised. Okay, it's happened even before. But no one saved anyone. No one forgave their sin. That's one of the accusation against Jesus. How can you forgive sin? That's all it belongs to God. Only God can forgive. Here Jesus, and he's saying, I forgive your sin. No more sin. No, it's a blasphemy. That's the point. They cross with Jesus. We can't agree with that one. So Jesus was demonstrating his lordship, his kingship, and his sovereignty through releasing people from oppression and from injustice. Not only that, above all, he set them free from sinful life. They didn't get that one. And Jesus prayed, let your kingdom come. But among these people, some people call him king of, son of David. Where's that came from? Son of David, have mercy upon me. Son of David, set me free. Even demonic forces or demons then came out and said, Oh, I know, you are the son of David. Go, go. What is the son of David, man? That's in 2 Samuel 7, 12. We already read that one. When the days are fulfilled... And you lie down with your fathers. I will raise up your offspring after you. And who shall come from your body? And I will establish his kingdom. So people heard this prophecy. There is a king coming from in the same family, in the same line, that, that, that from David's line. Six times in, book of, in, in, the, in the gospel of Matthew, you can see the terminology, son of David. Son of David, son of David. Bethlehem. What's the importance of Bethlehem? Whose city? City of David. That's the place Jesus was born. Again, and a significance. Herod, the king, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 to 2. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, Behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, Where is who has been born king of the Jews? He recognized. But these people didn't recognize. They are the ones supposed to recognize, but they simply missed Jesus. For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship, you know, where is the king? The Herod came to know that there is a king. But in his life, Jesus never denied 
I'm not the king. Sorry, I'm not the king. He always received and recognized as a king. In John chapter 149, Nathanael commenting, you are the king of Israel. Okay? In Matthew, you can see that one. You are the son of Israel. You are the king of Israel. But Jesus said, okay, you understanding about kingdom is this one, but it is very different from worldly kingdom. We can, we already saw that one when a pilot was asking, are you a king? Yes, yes, but my kingdom is different. My kingdom is absolutely different. John chapter 18 verse 36, we can see that one in Matthew, in different places we can see. Jesus said, my kingdom is different. That is spiritual. Jesus entered Jerusalem as a king. Matthew 21, 1 to 9. I'd like to just look at that passage and uh, we'll spend a bit of time there and move forward. Matthew 21, verse 1 to 9. As they approached Jerusalem and came to uh, uh, Bethphage of the mountain of Olive, Jesus sent two disciples saying, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey. And you can read that one uh, down. And 6, verse 6 says, The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the cloth, placed their cloaks on them, And Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowd then went ahead of him, and those who then followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. He's supposed to be in a horse. But Liz is on a donkey. Okay, if we can do something dramatic, do it. But at least we are longing, waiting, looking for a king. Okay, we can say, okay, we didn't get any any horse. That's been excused. But do some miracle. What's the miracle they were expecting? You just go and capture Romans, defeat them, and establish the kingdom. For that, they said, Hosanna. If you look, look, look back to the, the root word, it said, it's a shout. Actually, it says, save. It's a kind of worship. The worship is, you can save us, Save. They were desperated. They were absolutely under the rulership of Roman Empire. They're looking for a savior. Here comes the king. But on a donkey. Okay? At least make everything ready. If he becomes a king, at least he will say, Ah, oh, I know. You put branches. You will be my minister. Uh, you put a nice clock. Okay. You will be the finance. Okay. Do something. Be part of that. If he wins, hooray. If he loses, who cares? It's a kind of gamble. People are expecting kind of things. You know, okay, if we do something, they were trying to shout and they tried to follow. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered the Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asking, who is this? The crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And Jesus entered the temple area and drove all out who were buying and selling. Oh, they were happy. Started, it being started. <laughs> the process being started. Look at the way he kick. Look at the way he move. Where is the sword is going to come? Mm, there is a 12 people, strong men. They're going to come up. So war is going to start. He's going doing everything in a different way. But he will do it. But unfortunately, it is written, my house will be called as a house of prayer. Oh, prayer. It's boring. Their expectation were completely destroyed. But now you are making its dens of robbers. Jesus, this is not we 
this is not the one we are looking for. We are looking for a bit more better. Try it. You're doing good so far. You're okay so far. We are with you, all the support. But actually, we need something solid. But Jesus was talking something solid. Eternal. Permanent. Everlasting. Ever reigning. No more sin. No more sickness. No more pain. Everything will be restored and established and it will be renewed. But they missed it. They didn't get the point. How many of you read Sherlock Holmes, uh, the dictative? You don't know? Sorry. He born and brought up in Kerala in India. No. No. No, you know. No, 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 no. It's far. Yeah. Um, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson, they were very good friends. They went for a camping trip, set up their tents, and they drank and enjoyed, you know, that night. And fall asleep. Some hours later, Holmes wakes his friend. Wakey, wakey, Watson. Oh. Look up at the sky and tell, tell me, what do you see? My goodness, I don't enjoy that, you know. Once I go to bed, don't disturb me, you know. <laughs> I can stay awake till 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock. Once I go to bed, sorry, Catherine. Uh, you know, so here, he's asking, Watson replies, I see millions of stars. What does that tell you, Watson? Watson, ponder a minute. Astronomically speaking, it tells me that there are millions of galaxies and potentially billions of planets. Astrologically, it tells me that Saturn is in Leo. Time-based, it appears to be apparently a quarter past three, the morning. Theologically, it is evident that Lord is all-powerful and we are small and insignificant. Meteorologically, that's weather. It seems we will have a beautiful day tomorrow. What does it tell you, Dr. Holmes? Holmes in silence for a moment, then speaks. Watson, you idiot. Someone has stolen our tent. That's the point. So Jesus is trying to say the kingdom of God, kingdom of God, kingdom of God. They are saying, oh, he's talking about this one. He's talking about this one. He's talking about this one. They missed the point and they were looking for something else. And they completely missed the kingdom principle. But Jesus never gave up. He moved forward. John the Baptist, they're confused. I was, when I was reading that one, that's really, I was really shocked. Matthew 11, 12. You can see that there. After Jesus was finishing instructing his 12 disciples, he went on from there to teach and preach towards at towns of Galilee. When John heard in prison, that means he was in prison. What Christ was doing, he heard that. He sent his disciple to ask him, are you the one who was to come? Or should we expect someone else? Months before, he said, here is the Lamb of God. Kingdom of God is here. I'm not worthy to, 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 do, to wash his feet, to, to, to untie his shoes. I'm not worthy. The same John Baptist is filled with doubt. Why? He's in prison now. What was his expectation? When Jesus 
hears the story of his imprisonment, he will come and he will set me free. Here's the prophet, John the Baptist. God sent me, sent him before me and he will deliver me. But nothing happened. He was waiting. Next time, Jesus is going to visit the prison. Now then he heard, he's moving from one town to other town. He thought, okay, tomorrow he will come. Now. The next day, now. He's going into other business. He's involving some other things. He was expecting Jesus as a deliverer. That's the time he, he said, are you the, are you the Messiah? Are you the one? We are supposed to, or do we need to wait someone else? Jews. In John, John chapter 6, after having the wonderful meal with the 5,000, they forcefully tried to make him as a king. The same Jews, you're a blasphemer. You're not son of God. We misunderstood you. Now you're not the one. In the midst of all kind of confusion, Jesus never out of focus from his journey. He always said, what I'm doing, the will of my father. God fulfilled every plan. Disciples, Luke chapter 24. People after the, after the death of Jesus, uh, 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 death of Jesus, they were walking from uh, Jerusalem to Emmaus, nearly 11 kilometers, seven miles. They were walking and walking. They have a talk there. And, uh, uh, and, uh, in, in Luke chapter 24, verse 30, then Jesus is asking, what are you talking about? They know it was Jesus. We were talking about Jesus of Nazareth. Okay. They replied, he was a prophet. Powerful in words and deeds before God and all men. Good. Then the chief priest and a ruler handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. What we had hoped. He was the one who was going to redeem the Israel. It's never happened. We are expecting. They will do everything to Jesus. But what will do? He will Put everything down and he will crush the cross and come down and rule and reign and show that even he said that, I'll, I will come out from the third day, you know, I will come out. Just read. And what's more, it is the third day since all, all this took place. That's, they were waiting and waiting for a third day. A dramatic day. Maybe first day, you've been killed? No. Don't give up. Third day, something is going to happen. In addition, some of the women's, uh, women uh, 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 mourning but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said, uh, said we, he, he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. Jesus' re- response was a bit rude. He said to them, how foolish you are. Like the tent, they missed the point. How slow, hard to believe all that the God and the prophet spoken. Did not the Christ have suffered these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained them what was said in all scriptures concerning himself about the king. John the Baptist, he was perplexed. Jews, disciples, Pilate, are you the king of Jews? At the end, you say that I'm a king. For this purpose I was born and for this purpose I have come to the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listen to my voice. In John 18, 38, Pilate said to him, what is the truth? That's one of the saddest moments in the history. Pilate asked a question, what is the truth? Then he didn't wait for the answer. He didn't wait for a single second to hear from the one proclaimed, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. What is the truth? Then he walked away. He could have waited a single second to hear the truth, but he missed the truth. 
two kinds of kingdom. God will reveal in a natural way through creation. The kingdom of God is present everywhere. For some, he revealed the kingdom of God specific. He will reveal himself. In Romans, we can see everything is visible. But for us, his mercy and his grace, he reveals. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3.16, it's easy to buy heart. 3.16, you know that one? 1, jo- 1 Corinthians 3.16. 3.16, it's easy to remember that one. You are the temple of God. So, a personal revelation. King decided to dwell in us. The king decided to reign in our life to demonstrate his kingdom. To demonstrate his glory. Do you not know that? You are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in us. So when Jesus returned to to heaven, he gave a promise. I will give you the comforter, the counselor. I will send you the comforter, the Holy Spirit. He will dwell in you. He will lead you. He he is God and he is living us through that because kings lives in us. We are the temple of God. That means we are in a personal relationship with the king of kings and lord of lords. There is a natural revelation there. It's a personal revelation there. Abraham was looking for this eternal kingdom. I'm not going to preach all that series. Mark already finished that one. Dan was preaching about the eternal kingdom. Jesus was actually talking about this kingdom. For he was looked forward to the city, that foundation, whose designer and builder is God. What is happening now? We've been hearing, hearing, hearing about the kingdom of God. What is actually happening? We heard the Old Testament. We heard about the, the time of Jesus. And what is happening now? As I mentioned, as I quoted Terry Vergos, it's been inaugurated. It's not yet consummated. It's been launched. But God is anointing his church to demonstrate his kingdom. In order to explain that, Jesus used a couple of um, parables. One parable was about a master going away and coming back and the wheat and the wheat. Kingdom of God is like a, a place. The kingdom of God is heaven is compared to a two-man sowed a good seed in his field and but while he his men were sleeping. His enemy came and sowed among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore again, there were weeds appears him. The servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you know, say the good, good, good seeds in your field. How did, then did he, he, he have the weeds? He said to them, an enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, no, 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 no. Let it gather, uh, let the gathering of the weeds, you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. So he's talking about the kingdom of God is like that. Kingdom of God is not talking about kind of utopian, uh, therapeutic, trouble-free place. It's a place God is Allowing in this earth, in that kingdom, two kinds of things will grow. Wheat and wheat. But the, at the end, what will happen? I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into, a barn, into my barn. You know, just, uh, there is a separation. It's both growing in the kingdom of God. But there will be a separation. There will be good doctrines, false doctrine. People coming to church with uh, false motives, good motives. Some people coming to church for uh, some uh, you know, trouble-free life. Some people come to church, they love Jesus. God, if you re- heal me or not, I want to follow you. Whether it's a good song or bad song, I want to worship God. Whether it's music low or high, doesn't matter. Here I am to worship God. Whether it's a busy day, 
or tired day. God, I long to be in your presence. So they're longing for God. They love God more than anything. Then he said, the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed. I'll show, show you some mustard seed in my pocket. Can you see that? See? You can't see it. It's a mustard seed. But when you put in the, when it's good, it will, it will grow. You can't see it. God is saying, kingdom of God is like that. It's just started, launched from Jesus, then 12, then to 120, then to 3,000, then it multiplied, it's growing and expanding. In, 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 in India, it's growing. In China, it's growing. In Brazil, it's growing. Uh, in, in, in North America, it's growing. In England, it's growing. More churches are being part. More people are coming to Jesus. One side, people say, no, more churches are closing down. Now, I will see God is expanding. God is reigning. God is ruling. In different places, God is growing. God is multiplying. God is using his church to expand his kingdom. The kingdom of heaven like the master seal. Now God is asking us to demonstrate his kingdom. Justice, one side, other side casting out demons. Compassion, healing the sick. Holiness, celebrating, worshiping God in truth and spirit. Through that, the king will be glorified. Kingdom of God is not a ter- therapeutic place. To, not to make us feel good. Or make us feel kind of in an emotional stage. It's actually talking about the king. It's God is the center. It's not about us. It's all about God. When kingdom expands, it means our hospitality is expanding. Our love is expanding. Our compassion is expanding. Our sacrificiality is expanding. Generosity. We kill selfishness. Not only that, healing the sick. Through that, people, world will know there is a king. There is a king. God is expanding that. That king is coming. He was in the midst of us. And he is living in us through his spirit. He is the king of kings. And he reigns and rules for every time. Because he is sovereign. We are the temple of God. God's glorious kingdom and his kingship will be reigning and ruling forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It's been started God is inviting us, encouraging us. Open your eyes. Jews miss that one. Many people miss that one. But I live in your heart. I will be with you till the end of this age. I'm giving you anointing. The word of God is near you. The angels are there. The church is there. You are not alone. You are not trying to do something to make you happy. No, it's a godly plan. You are part of that plan. God accepted you. God adopted you into that bigger picture. God has chosen you. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do works that I do. Greater works than these will he do. Because I am going to the Father. And God is with us. Before I finish. I was praying about this meeting. Uh, a couple of days. These days I was been praying. There is an invitation to the kingdom of God. Jesus said to Nicodemus. If you want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born again. God is inviting you to this greater place where God is the king. If you never met this king, here is the invitation. God is inviting you wholeheartedly. You can pray, God, I want to be part of this kingdom. I know. You already started doing great mighty things. And you will be coming back with glory. And you will establish your kingdom forever.
But I don't want to miss that. Would you save me? Would you accept me to the, your kingdom? I like to receive you as my kingdom. Would you please open my heart to be part of your kingdom? Many things I didn't understand God, but I got something. God, this is important. This is very important to my life. Would you please come into my heart? And would you please save me into your kingdom? Let's stand in the presence of God.